Well, hello everybody and welcome once more to Saints Radio. I have to always pause there to get in my head what the name of the program is, even though I'm very clearly um, looking forward every week to this broadcast. It's a it's a unique broadcast. It's very special to me. And um, I did gain great delight out of Pastor Robert laughing when the time I said welcome to message of the week <laughs> he got a big, big kick out of that so Robert if you're listening just thank you for helping this old guy to keep focused of course Monica is always focused no I, yesterday was it yesterday Saturday I don't know. <laughs> what day? See, here we go. <laughs> a couple of days ago. <laughs> what, no, what day is it? I was so tired. I was like having like I, I I wasn't making sense with my sentences. So I told Olivia that Les had taken Noah out for a walk instead of taking Shadow out. Oh my! And then we went downtown on Sunday to get a coffee. It was her birthday, and she wanted to get a coffee before church. And so we went down to our favorite little coffee shop downtown. And I got out of the car and I said. I don't have any water to put in the meter. And it was like five different things I said to her that just absolutely made no sense. Wow. Like throughout that day. And so I I may not make sense either. <laughs> I'm glad God knows what's going on. Well, I'll, I'll say that I don't make sense a lot of the time. So <laughs> we're, we're both in that boat. But hey. I didn't tell you. Today, I went this morning and got new glasses. Those are new glasses? These are new glasses. How did you go get new glasses in one day? Well, I went the other day. Oh, those are super nice. And um, so I went to pick them up today, and I'm very grateful. They're pretty. They're nice. Thank you. I'm sorry I hadn't actually... Like, did you shave off your beard? Well, the late I went over to... Um, Snyder Plaza where Katie gets her glasses because you know our friends over at Glenn's aren't in business anymore so those old glasses were like seven years old I think and so the lady was sitting there and she was pitching me on the Carl Zeiss lens and the progressive lenses which I had before so I couldn't help myself she said uh, she said, now, are you okay with progressive lenses? And I said, yeah. So today I got them, and this, this other lady was serving, putting them on and adjusting them. And she said, how are those progressive lenses? And I said, they're, they're great. I'm just concerned that if it's, if it's got the label progressive, I might, <laughs> all I might see is, White supremacy. <laughs> and she started laughing. And I thought, oh my goodness, I've said something here in the campus of SMU. There's probably an, an, uh, an ejection seat here. But anyway, thank you. Nice. They're lighter. Um, are, they, are they made out of um, carbon fiber? What are they made out of? Probably. I don't know. They ought to be for what they cost me. <laughs> so anyway, I should be really in 
good shape today because I've got new glasses and... Did your prescription change? It changed a little bit. In fact, um, I've had the same prescription for seven and a half years. The only reason I changed it then was because those glasses were all banged up. So anyway, that's glasses talk. That's eyeglasses talk. Um, grateful that we're not having any issues with the new equipment. You and I are, I'm thinking, are broadcasting very clearly. Um, the work continues, though. We're preparing for seminar, which is, oh, just about a month away now. And um, somehow we've got to navigate this new equipment, bridging the youth room and this place here in the sanctuary but we will do our best to be ready for those of you who will be coming and that's that's an exciting prospect um, so far Texas is uh, holding the line we shouldn't have any restrictions on anybody and you know, I, I've really been asking the Lord. There's been a lot of deliberation at the throne about this. Because this this stuff has to stop. I mean, this, this craziness that the enemy is trying to influence the world and, and all the other facets... We, we knew that the saints in the time of the end would have to navigate plagues yes and peculiar water and um and i really am amazed at how quickly the united states has drifted you know we we are in contact with luke and sylvie and so many other of the folks in europe and you think it's weird here it's very strange there and um, the restrictions that just keep being asserted against the people. Um, I I just believe that as I prayed and I said, Lord, you've got to stop this. I mean, you've, you've got to open, like me telling God, you've got to. But, you know, just thinking these things. How do we declare? How do we proclaim? What do we? How how much is the enemy pushed in that we need to push back on? And how much are you allowing in this timetable for for the world to kind of position itself? And I I I think it's just this this situ situation with any kind of authority that God gives. We, we need to know what, what he is wanting us to absolutely take a stand on and what he's saying, just watch this. And that's a difficult thing for the saint to navigate. It's interesting that you're saying this because I, I woke up this morning. It's like I woke up in the spirit and, and I've, I kept hearing ask of me, concerning my sons and the work of my hands and I started meditating on just 
what that means and what that what God was saying and I know we started off this year with just a really really stepping into that that place as a shawl individual but I felt like the Lord was saying ask of me concerning my sons and the work you know, I, I can't remember exactly how the scripture goes yeah command ye me command ye me and um, and I, I think that that we're there I think we need to do that regarding these issues yeah well maybe we need to now don't any of you write this down think we're doing this tomorrow maybe we need to consider how we should glean what it is that he in that point of commune that shahal point of commune would say you need to make this command because it's a, it again it's a fine line between what's going on in my head and you know there are enemy influences you see we always have to deal with dividing when the word comes dividing the soul and the spirit it's that sharp two-edged sword um, the marrow and the bones but we always have to divide within us what seems like a good idea to us and what God may be doing and sometimes God is doing something that doesn't even make sense to the to the wise ones that have been trained in his principles and you have to discern it's not always with all of our pneumaticos understanding it's not always what makes the absolute sense to according to those principles God sometimes leads people through places his people through places that don't make sense you know why would he lead us through the valley of the shadow of death why you would think that the principles of God would say stay out of that place <laughs> you know and, and and I was thinking today during our prayer time about the lamp and the light the, 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 thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path there's a difference between the lamp and the light and how the word communicates that and sometimes we, we, we with the lamp which is what we learned the other day that connects the body of Christ and brings about God's timing and his intent to connect and the light there, there's a difference and we've got to discern that um, so you so you got that factor and then you've got this enemy driven influence now that's really trying to affect the emotions and really trying to stir up iniquity and I think I think that God is quickening our spirit there are breakthrough in our spirit to what we talked about on Sunday to revive the the spirit the humility in spirit and to revive the the contrite in heart there's a difference between those two things too otherwise it would all be lumped together and so the enemy keeps pushing in trying to say in your spirit and this is a weird factoring how can humility be driven out of the spirit 
And I think it's it's an attack of the enemy to do that. And then how can contrition be adjusted in your heart to where it's no longer contrition? And and that enemy influence attacks both of those. I have sure felt it. And I'd like to say that I overcame immediately. But you've got that enemy influence that's affecting things too. So back to point. Command ye me. Ask of me concerning my sons. What is that deliberation in the Sha'al? How are you asking concerning his sons and the work of his hands? And then how do you command? It's not just what makes sense to us. I think it's probably quite the contrary. I think I, I think this is a big part of why the Lord dealt with us so strongly about our perspective also at the beginning of this year and to get our perspective aligned with the things, the heavenly things, the things of heaven, the, the throne, and, and, and really change the narrative of our own thinking that is not driven by the intent of the enemy. It's so, because when you're in this world and you're surrounded by these, you know, the voices and the noise and just what we see happening, it's so easy to take on that perspective. But we've got to get our perspective on the things above. And I, I can just tell you, when I came in here on Saturday for First Saturday Prayer, you know, First Saturday is just always just such a phenomenon to me because we have a directive and you come in with the directive in your heart prophetically to pray and partner with the Lord with what he says. But he, there's always a thread but he always speaks so creatively to mm. his people. And, I mean, it's just, I, I'm just always blown away at the things that he says. But what he just was just impressing upon me so strongly was that I needed to believe for going forward. Because I felt, it's like, I, it's like when I walked in, I stepped into new territory. It's like what I've been sensing about breakthrough and, and, you know, we navigate, we're pioneers. So we go into new territory in the spirit realm. I walked in and stepped into the spirit, into new territory. And I took, I mean, I claimed it like immediately, but I was so uncomfortable because it was so unfamiliar. I almost didn't even know what to do. So of course I went into the spirit and I, I prayed in the spirit and I was just asking the Lord for help from his sanctuary. Just, you know, help us, show us. And he just kept telling me, you got to, I don't know. It's, it's like we have expectations of what we've walked through and the way that it worked and the way that we've done things. And I just feel like there's so many new nuances to his wisdom and the way he wants to impart that to us. In, in, in this measure of, of dominion and subduing and the things that we have to do in the new land. And, and it's like so creatively off the charts to me that I couldn't even, it's not even tangible. Mm -hmm. And so I was just partnering in prayer with whatever, however that was going to manifest in us. But I, I want to be that one that just, that believes for, you know, you can say the miraculous. You can say believes for the, you know, what's unbelievable. I want to be the one that partners with 
the things that blow us away, the way God does things. And, and, and I just feel like he wants to just, he wants to impart that, that wisdom into us that is so far from man's ways, mm-hmm. that is so godly. And so how do you position yourself? How do you, how do you cleanse your mind of, you know, and, and prepare your mind to, I don't know. I'm just rambling, but it's, it's all good. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, there's really, these are unprecedented times. I mean, you think, Pastor, I mean, we just came through this pandemic and something that we wouldn't, I mean, I have to admit on behalf of us, I think caught all of us off guard. I think for whatever reason, the Lord did not reveal that was coming. Yeah. And, and that's his ways. I mean, we accept that because it was all in the way we responded to it. And so we, you sought the Lord for wisdom. You walked us through the path of, uh, in our response to this pandemic, to the lockdown, to being separated, to establishing tabernacles and, and prayer and praise in our own houses. And, you know, those things were all hugely significant for where we're going. And, and so, being I want to I want to declare being on the other end of it, because I want to believe that. But how many times have we said things are not going to be the way they were? I mean, you can say it's the new normal, and I don't really like that expression. But I think we all feel in our spirit that we're we're embarking upon something that's never been done before. We're embarking upon just the boundless creativity uh, that, that's resident in our Father that's going to manifest through the Spirit in each one of us as a body that's going to totally just blow this earth away. And so He's preparing us. And and every time I think I'm going back to the way things were, it's like something in me is just like, hey, no. And on so many different levels, personally and and as part of the body. It's like, it's just almost like we, we launch from the foundational things that God has established. And yes, that is absolutely critical in the word. It's the word is our foundation, but, um, there's a new song in his heart and I just want to be that one that partners in carrying the burden of that song forth. Amen. Amen. Well, I I think that uh, I think God is working in intricate ways within us to fine tune the strengths and the positioning that he's already given us and sometimes I think that it's uh, it's the enemy agenda to cause us not to believe what we already have and I think that was Saul's problem he was head and shoulders of everybody else. 
He had an incredible relationship with Samuel. I would dare say a closer relationship with Samuel than David did. Certainly more than Solomon had. And if you say, God chose me first above everybody else. I am stronger and taller than anybody else here in this nation. The prophet who led Israel out of the doldrums of the days of the judges anointed me and cares about me deeply. You see, what destroyed Saul was he didn't really believe in any of that. He, he didn't. I mean, Samuel's going to present him to the people. Where is he? Oh, he's hiding in his father's stuff. Now, I've talked about that's a, that was a perversion of, his, uh, of one of his gifts where he was taking care of things, which is why his father sent him out to find, dare I say, the asses originally. And, but, but I think his hiding over there under that meant that he didn't really believe. I mean, everything that he had was... Every problem he had was that he didn't believe in who he was. He didn't believe in what God had given him. He didn't, he didn't believe in the incredible factors that were there. And that was his downfall. And I think we, as the saints, are in a similar boat. I think God positions us as giants. He positions us as mighty ones. He positions us as first fruits. And I think the enemy's trying every way he can to make us think that we're not that. But with that then, you know, because of Saul's wrongful thinking, he made bad choices. He used his authority in ways that really screwed up his relationship with Samuel and caused the kingdom to be rented, rent from him. And now David, on the other hand, was a secondary citizen. I mean, even in his own house, you know, his brothers derided him. His father sent him out into the far reaches, didn't even remember who he was. I think, don't you think that that has something to do with you, you describe Samuel and his affection towards Saul. You think Samuel, I mean, he was the one that brought the land, they brought the people out of the darkness and, and really reestablished the vision of the people and established the prophetic voice again and basically thought he was the one that was to judge and to, to rule in that way. Then got, and then the people wanted a king. And so Samuel had to really humble himself and say, okay, you don't want me, you want him. So, but that's really not the point of where I'm going. Saul was really, really nothing that, well, let me rephrase this. Saul wasn't, he, he wasn't really relational. I mean, if you look at his relationship with Samuel, it just, it's everything that came out of Samuel was relational. And from that relationship, authority him and the Lord's, you know, Samuel, Samuel. It, Samuel was such a relational guy before the Lord, and so he goes to establish that relationship with Saul, and Saul missed that. I mean, I just don't see that. David, on the other hand, was wired differently. David 
understood relationship with the Lord. He, he, and to me, there therein lies the difference in his downfall, because God is always going to deal from relationship, and Saul just didn't. It just never stuck with him. Mm-hmm. So to accept his identity or to believe in what Samuel had imp- or had ordained him or the Lord had ordained him for, that was just like a missing link. And he was like almost like set up to fail because because of that. He wasn't set up to fail. That was his own, I don't know. I, well, it's an important topic because we're talking about kingly authority. And we're talking about ask of me, which is yes. relational kingly authority. So I just, I just see that that missing part of the equation with Saul. And, and I think, I think in, yeah, because David was the underdog, but he didn't think he was the underdog. It's kind of like... He knew the Lord, though. He yeah. knew who he was in the Lord, and that's the key. He's kind of like Scarlet the Prayer Dog, who's diminutive, as cute as can be, but she thinks she's as big as any dog around. Right. And David had that in him. He trusted the tobe of the Lord. Through the relationship that he had with God that had been established from early on. Right. Saul didn't trust the tobe of the Lord. Mm-mm. Even though he had the ability to tap into the spirit realm and become That's not as the a, same though. No, it's not. But he I guess what I'm saying is he had that ability. Yeah. You know, think about this. Think how dangerous that is though. How many times do we have Saul getting with the prophets and just prophesying for hours, falling on his falling on the ground naked for a long period of time, prophesying. We don't ever have any record of David doing that. We had him dancing, dancing his clothes off, but we don't have any record of him getting among the prophets and falling out. That's an interesting thing. I'm not faulting either one of them. I'm just saying that we have been blessed with I think we we need to take a good hard look and learn both lessons from both of them because in some ways we're the first fruits we are and I just say this as much with as much humility as you can to say something like this we are so far beyond so many with the depth of understanding God's given us but then on the other hand, we're like David, where we're on the far pasture. We're communing with God. Nobody knows where we are. In fact, if they were gathering the prophets together, they wouldn't even think, well, you are being asked, but they wouldn't even think of looking to us. So we have that with David, but we also have this with Saul. And it's, it's kingly authority. I'm not even going to throw Solomon in the mix because he's a horse of a different color. Totally. But um, this is where we come with this ask of me. Mm-hmm. And when we're standing here seeing the positioning of 
what is God doing right now? What is this new time? What's happening in the spirit realm? How is the enemy? What are these influences that we've never seen before from the enemy? What are they doing? And I feel their effect and we're learning. And we've got all these factors going on. With that, in the intimate place with God, what do we ask for? And what do we command? Because again, it's not according to our learning. God's ways are not ours, our ways. That's a really incredible prophetic directive for us. And I think it's true. You know, we talked about the breakthrough. And um, uh, we talked about the mantle splitting the waters and the breakthrough leading into new places. And we talked about the lamp being a breakthrough influence connecting the body as a sacrifice before the Lord, walking in the midst of sacrifice to connect. Um what does that really mean for us? And we can get a conceptualization of it from the word because the word is true, but what does that really mean? And I don't want to go too far with this, but I've really been thinking, and I don't know whether it's going to happen tomorrow, that I need to teach on the lamp um, in, in some ways that we have not considered because it is, it is built and a line upon line on what we have done regarding that but there's greater responsibilities with this I mean I don't want to get into it but I will say this you know the the ten virgins it was all about the lamp Mm -hmm. and but what did that mean I mean the king is coming I mean he didn't need their lamps to get there well I think that that's for us I think it was about it was about the lamp, but it was about the oil. It was about going back to relationship. Yeah. And but I mean, what? I, honest to God, I mean, I I can tell when my lamp is low. And and I mean, I just experienced this in the last couple of days because the world cares of this world can dry your lamp up in a minute if you're not careful. Mm-hmm. And yesterday was a day where I had to get my lamp full. And, and it's, it's so important for us because, well, it just is. Give me oil in my lamp, keep me burning. Did you guys sing, sing that in the Baptist camp? Give me oil in my lamp, I pray. No, but that sounds like a good song. Well, oh, man. It, <laughs> Pastor Larry probably knows some verses of that, which we, as kids, after we left the meeting, used to sing. Probably Pastor Robert does too. However, you're right. I mean, we. But what were those lamps really supposed to do? I mean, what what beyond in any way that we've ever thought of regarding that? What were they? What was that lamp supposed? What were those lamps supposed to do? Because obviously, any king worth his salt was pretty lit up on his own to get there. He wasn't relying on those lamps to get him to that feast he was going to. So, we'll see. We'll see. But but what does breakthrough mean? And what is our responsibility in 
discerning as we carry our lamp where is the light leading us and how do we use our lamp in that uh, we, it's it's a selective thing it's not it's it's not subjective it's it's very objective what do you find in there anything no i just i was just i keep hearing this passage about the light of the body is, is the, the eye, eye. And if therefore thy be if it be single thy whole body be full of light if it be evil evil thy whole body will be full of darkness um there's a uh, there's just a lot of dimensions to this discussion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, but it all does root back to our relationship and our commune, and subsequently our function. And. It's just, it's so important for us in these in this hour not to be distracted, not to let, I guess, to keep the soil of our heart. Yeah, you know, I, I think we should, I think we probably would do well to view specific scriptures that the enemy has targeted on the one hand the enemy is telling people who are who should know better that you can't trust the word and that there are other voices besides the word which is the eye being evil but then on the other hand the enemy will use a scripture to try to prove the wicked point that is being promulgated across the progressives. This is one of those passages you just looked at. And just to add to that, last night I was at a little, not a little, a a dinner for Olivia, just a girl's dinner. It was all, it was the McGill's and, you know, all, a lot of, all godly women. And we got onto the conversation about progressive Christianity because Alex, my niece, she she will end up being an apologist. I mean, she is, she is, she's wired that way. She has been studying. She's really very much um, attuned to what's going on in, in that world, in this realm of progressive Christianity. And she's, she's a defender of the word. And, and so we were talking and I, I was talking about how easy it is to be deceived. And I, I, I gave a testimony of being given that book by Richard Rohr and reading the first five chapters and just absorbing it, just like almost in awe that this guy was speaking our language. Like seriously, I mean, he was talking about things that I had never read anybody else talk about that are nematocos that I had grown up in here over the last 20 years. And so then I got to like chapter six or seven and my spirit just started, I just got very uncomfortable and I just, my spirit started discerning, wait, this isn't right. And so I put it down, and then I subsequently ended up giving it to you. Well, in the meantime, somebody who has been near and dear to me in this walk of the saints commented and said, oh, his books have changed my life. You really need to read this one. 
And so I trusted this person and I said, okay. So I went on Amazon, I ordered it. The book came like the next day, I opened it up and on the cover of the book is this single eye. And it's a book about vision. And I thought, you know, I know what that means, but to the world, most people, most Christians don't know what that means, the demonic, the demonic that's behind that. And it was just like so, but the way that it's, I don't know, the way, the, the way that the deception of it works and that when you read it and it, I don't know, it just, it, it, we have to be so discerning. Yeah. Because, I don't know. Well, you know, the thing about it is, is that those folks, it's kind of like this individual you just mentioned and similar individuals who teach uh, this, they, they're kind of like evangelists for the depth of wickedness and the enemy you know, there is there is a spiritual eye it's it's or, or better better yet it is it is the framework where we focal focus the inputs of perception you know focus is the key to our eyes working and to be able to when I was getting these classes they put this gizmo on me to see where my focus was and all the other factors that contribute come together in a laser fashion to figure out what you perceive so really that what well, they call it the third eye or they call it other things and the demonic realm uses that, but there is a capacity within us where that focus of all the perceptions really um, gains a targeting point. Let's see if your eye be single. Yeah. But the enemy twists that then mm -hmm. and says that in order for you to have that, you have to have all these other voices. Well, it's the mysticism of it. What fuels that point? Mm -hmm. And so the enemy says that if you're not gaining all these other voices, mm -hmm. that you're really not single. Mm -hmm. when, when that scripture speaks about being evil, that's what it's talking about. But they totally bypass that. Mm -hmm. And they lead people into this deception where it is, it is like a poison. It is like a drug and it's wicked so there's a collection of these verses after they've said you can't trust the word and after they said there are other voices that then they bring in what we know is the real word from God and they twist it and that's that one is one of them and it's eliminating wicked factors and only hearing from God and that's really the heart of the progressive move in academia and in the demonic realm when they're their cohorts there too and at heart they view the scriptures and they view evangelicals and they view the morality of God 
as restrictive and they they that's why they can't stand us because they think we're withholding we're a voice of the one who withholds them from whatever they want to do which is exactly what the the serpent said to Eve and and it's just really interesting but with that see with that is, is such a groundswell of things it's like the strife of insight you can feel the pressure of that of that drive it's like an anointing to try to get people to accept other things and one of the things that I've dug really deep into is in the the academia format which is basically the next door neighbor of the demonic format what they believe mysticism is right now what they believe and what that word means for them and it is so evil I mean it is so wicked you know I told you that I had this one of these books I was reading and I pled the blood over it and the only reason I was reading it was for the purpose of being able to speak into it on behalf of our network and I would not suggest anybody read it but as many times as I pled the blood and as many times as I declared over it, I could only read three or four pages at a time because it was so vile. And I had to move it out of my house because it was affecting my dreams. It was affecting things that I was perceiving when I was praying. I guess what I'm saying is it is this is so it's like a poison in the spirit realm. And it's like what you were saying earlier, you know, you you read you read through four or five chapters and then all of a sudden but some people get so inebriated with those first few chapters and there are other things that make them want to receive it. And it's usually iniquities within them that are being stroked. But, too, I think we have to be very careful with our realm of influence and those that God has put in our care as shepherds or whatever to to make sure not to lead somebody into deception. Not that any of us would ever do that intentionally, but I just think about how easily I was, I trusted, and it's, it's I mean, deception is on many different levels. And, you know, you, I remember growing up thinking, hearing about the Antichrist and how he was going to be just very good looking and very just infectious. And, and that's, I'm sure, the case. But that spirit is, is very much functioning in our realm. Mm-hmm. And we have to be so careful that we don't, we just have to be really careful and and so I, I appreciate the guidance and the direction that we've gotten from from you pastor and i mean you kind of taught me off the ledge with this one several years back not that i was in any way interested i was confused because first of all my son's professor at the christian school gave it to him 
Not that that can't happen. I mean, that's just the beginning of what we're seeing in universities all mm -hmm. over the country. But, but also that, that there was somebody else that was speaking into me that, that very easily could have led me. And I'm very thankful. I'm not that gullible, trust me. Well, I'm not. Well, you know, it, it, it's Gotta so... Keep your lamp full. Be that wise virgin, yeah. not the foolish one. Mm -hmm. Sorry. No, no. I mean, it's... And, and that whole process was so not only deceptive, but subtly deceptive. It's kind of like the way somebody would sell drugs to a kid. Yeah, but I'm not that. And no, I'm no. not saying I even came I'm not close. Saying, no, I'm not saying. I'm just but, saying, help me understand. But I'm saying the approach of it. Right. And, and so when we first started seeing that and we became aware of it, the way the Lord had us approach that on behalf of the network was very, uh, how do I say, step by step it was scriptural i mean literally it's like you can go through and see okay this person is saying this and this is what the word says mm -hmm. and this person is saying this and this is what the word says and you believe the word so it's like what you said in the beginning about it cuts the word is sharper than any two-edged yeah. sword so i'm so thankful for that and we had we had the the saints well we had how do I say this? We gained a point of agreement and counsel through a collection of our network pastors to say, are we seeing this right? Right. And then we had that seminar where we had the pastors who were present get up and declare this is what we believe before the Lord from the scripture. But I remember how careful we are we were during that seminar not to speak people's names, not to and 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 really I wonder about I wonder about that because this past eight months God's had me, you know this, reading all these books from an academic perspective to see what the root of this is and why he did not have me do that then. I don't know. It was just, it was enough for us to know this isn't right. Just on surface, it's not right. And, um, and, and I wonder whether it wasn't done in that firm but lighter way as an olive branch for people to come back and not go down that pathway. Yeah. But God does things in such a strange way, but they're his way. He's like a loving parent who, who gives the child every opportunity to turn mm -hmm. and, to, and, to, and to make their decision based upon what his spirit is saying, not upon what has been fed into their mind. And once you make that decision, then he clarifies things. You do, and then you teach. And um, so, it's very, it's very interesting. It's it's a very interesting thing that we're seeing. Yeah, I I will 
you know, the passage that says the very elect will be deceived. I've seen, we've seen that in living, we've seen that manifest right before our eyes. Mm -hmm. And it, that verse is, is, is critical. In, in so many ways, what we saw happen in regard to what you've mentioned was so Luciferian because it it was let's go here on the fringe let's approach this one let's approach this one let's let's find out what is a a point of beauty but vulnerability and let's approach that and it was never brought to the leader it was never brought it was so Luciferian, which is exactly the way the enemy corrupted principalities in heaven. It's exactly the same approach, even though God knew it all. For us, we were oblivious. It, a lot of things, a lot of these things were happening right in front because we couldn't, we couldn't envision that such a thing could happen. But. I think we're seeing that same strategy across the world now with the enemy. And um, at least we stayed true to what God gave us. And somehow he allowed us to be preserved. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's kind of like what the, the scripture says, if a brother be overtaken in a fault you who are nomadicos you you go and you try to redeem but you watch yourself lest you also be ensnared That's and but but that issue of the pneumatikos is is that term i remember jack hayford teaching on this is what was a cast to set things back into place and you can't put a cast on somebody who doesn't want it on there. You can get the cast ready and say, this is what God is saying. Get in alignment with it. But only only those that are willing to do that are going to be redeemed. And we have to be careful because whatever is there that has brought the break in the first place could break us. Such a strange thing, but there's the scripture for pneumonicos people the very elect wow wow we oh what a strange walk god's given us but it's a it's a precious walk we're still pioneering into new things uh, he is allowing us to pioneer that breakthrough that go forward with your mantle and the lamp that that is that seemed like a rather odd thing that the Spirit said. And even the 30, 60, 100 was an odd thing. But it's really armor and weapons for what we need in this new land that you described, that you walked into, which you've already been in, but just the view, the vista of it was so new on Saturday. Mm -hmm. 
and and I think the mandate was more of a of a perspective point. Let's come and present ourselves as we're coming into the new. Let's. And it's interesting too because, I mean, I I, I remember in my deliberations and the way that I was feeling, I remember asking the Lord for help. You know, Lord, we need your help. Help us. And 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 I think His answer to me was. He told me to command you me. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, yes, to believe for these things, believe for the supernatural and the, the just his ways to manifest, his ways to manifest in fullness. But it's just, he's such a God of partnership. Yeah. He loves, to, he, he loves to partner with us and he wants us to remember who we are in him and just our relationship in him. And the authority that comes through that and and yeah so there's so many things he's saying and so many things he's doing in our midst that it's so it's so vast yet it all makes sense in my spirit it all makes sense but I don't grasp the fullness of understanding of it but I know that's coming too so I love the way that he puts the puzzle together through you and and then we're able to see just the line upon line it's just it's such a beautiful well it it's i think i th i think that it's um it's just god's way and it's i'm grateful for it because i firmly state that i'm just filling a position here and it's just god's way and I don't know from one day to the next what he's going to say. Study this and do this. And but he does. Yeah, and and I think like uh, one of the things that I, one of the books that I read that I really found fascinating was it was talking about different parts of the world and um, how from their wicked perspective, people would tap into the spirit realm and the kinds of revelation and the. The, the innovation that came to them and they thought it was just all great and peachy but it was all demonic part of it was touch points and I was reading about France which I know is very dear to both of us and um, the various ways that the enemy really came through there and that teacher seer gift and caused people to really act in the histemes and act and draw from those wells like Simon the Sorcerer and there was an entire several pages like on Marie Curie who was regarded as a brilliant innovator and in, in the medical field but she would regularly be part of seances and people would see flashes on her head even when she was in the lab and I'm not saying she was a bad woman I'm just saying that um, this kind of stuff is is power it's and God is giving us insights in his word I, I think one of the signature things that we saw we were already going and doing activations in various parts of the world before God really opened up the power of the cross mm -hmm. and there is such unequivocal unequivocal 
power in that. That when that comes in play knowledgeably and obediently in the histeme, everything else stops. And even God teaching us now about the different kinds of rain in the in the Bible and how God uses used them in different ways to affect things in the spirit realm. That is key for us in the gift God's given us. And even the other the other factor of um, understanding that the rain his rain of fire dried up seas we're going into those places with the true rain of god and what what the enemy had as a stronghold in those places we're going to be able to see the glory of the lord manifest these are not just these are not odd things these are how god created things to function and for him to be giving us that with the real-time demonstrations of it. I, I was communicating with George and Paula, writing back and forth to George, which is an intro, George Durham, out in uh, Casa Grande, Arizona. And he was talking to me about how they're still getting rain out there. And that he's his lawnmower, he hadn't had to use his lawnmower in the past two years. And he's, he was trying to get it to work now, and it wouldn't work. It just out of he hadn't used it. Now he needs it because of the rain, and it wouldn't work. So I advised him to buy a goat. <laughs> hey, that works. <laughs> or a sheep. Oh my goodness! Well, you want a goat in the desert, you know? Oh, I guess you're right. Even that whole thing about uh, the scapegoat, and I mean another facet that we're going to be talking about during the seminar is some of the some of the errant teaching about the, the sons of God in the spirit realm. And I didn't realize, honest, I'd studied some of the obscure things about the scapegoat, what that really means. And as, as a zeal, that, that the enemy force that, that people really worship, that they say is the name of that goat, and why God sent that thing out there, the scapegoat. It wasn't just to show Israel how I'm putting my, your sins on there and sending them out there. That doesn't, that is not why God did that. And and to, to see these things and then to see them in the scripture and to think, okay, when you go into the wilderness, this is the controlling influence that's there. And, and you need to be able to represent what God is saying to that thing and deal with it. There, God is giving us factors, high-level scriptural factors for how you bring the desert into a fruitful place and i just think i don't sometimes i i don't think that we really realize why what he's giving us and why he's giving it to us uh, but he's ready to move in that way anyway as i see a good portion of our nation burning right now and clamoring for water and the spiritual influences that are attendant to that you can just see it lining up what God has given to us and what we're supposed to be doing okay so it's uh, just about an hour in we've only got a few seconds left is there anything further you would want to say no um, if you've not yet sent in your first Saturday word please do so that was last week. 
we're rolling into it now. Um, tomorrow, we'll see what God says to share on Wednesday Night Live. I do encourage you to be praying in the Spirit every day. For some of you, that seems a nonsensical thing to say. But there is a good, there is a significant percentage of this network that is not praying in the Spirit. And I know that from, this, from the Lord. So I'm encouraging you to pray every day in diversities of tongues. And keep, keep, that, keep that commune point primed for your own development, but also for alignment with the kingdom. Boy, we I don't know how much chit or chat we did today. Well, we got right down to it. Yeah. But we speak blessing over each of you. We're so thankful for you. Anything further you want to say? No, no, no. Um there are good things that God is doing in the nations. You know, we've had breakthrough connections in Switzerland there are things phenomenal things that are happening in France right now positionally God is putting things in motion for what is coming um, in uh, Brazil such a hunger and mobilization going on um, those are just a few places God's had me continually praying about Eastern Europe. And I don't know what he's going to do in opening up those places. But it's going to be soon. And it's going to be powerful. Uh, so anyway, we are very blessed to be aligned with you. And we... We're looking forward to the in-gathering at the Feast Seminar in a month from now. We hope to see you here. Uh, may God bless all of you. Thanks for tuning in today. And we will talk to you later. Goodbye.